0: I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, does any of this make sense? Or not?
1: Welcome to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast, trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. I'm Wheels, and I'm joined as always by Joe. How are you, Joe?
0: I'm pretty good. I th- we're reaching this point where, and I—I I, I, actually that's a weird phrasing, because last episode we had to do like three worlds in one, uh, and I was worried the rest of this game might have that problem, but I think... I think uh, from here on out we're going to be good with having shit to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the worlds I wonder if we'll even be able to do them in one. I'm thinking like Monstro and Neverland stuff like that.
0: Yeah, Neverland. We'll Neverland. I have a lot to talk about already. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I kind of want to talk about a couple things that'll date when we're recording this because GDQ just happened. Um. There were some good Kingdom Hearts runs. I, oh, I
1: didn't. I didn't get to watch them. Were they? Were they a good uh, time? I,
0: apparently, Kingdom Hearts One was. I didn't see it. I just watched the some of the Kingdom Hearts Two, like time trial. Basically, it was like, how fast can we do this boss rush mode? Yeah, um, which was pretty satisfying. They did the Sephiroth fight with the weakest Keyblade, um, on the hardest difficulty, and it was like, all right, cool.
1: I'm bad at video games. I get yeah. it. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. Also worth mentioning dating this is d23 is coming up like this weekend next weekend um there's supposed to be some sort of kingdom hearts 3 announcement i hope it's not a release date i I hope it is a release date but now that we've started this i'm kind of terrified (laughs) of a release date because i'm like shit we have like a deadline to do this by (laughs) um so i have these i have these mixed emotions as a kingdom hearts fan now I think um, we'll be able
1: to figure it out.
0: Yeah, well, like, all right. So the likelihood of it coming out this year is pretty low. Yeah. Uh, but like, if it's like end of next year, that's f- less than a hundred episodes we can do <laughs> to oh, capture uh, wait, everything.
1: Wait, 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 we, we we are not gonna need
0: a hundred episodes. I well, mean, I... <laughs> we're only on Kingdom Hearts one. Like once yeah, we get but into, we're like. We're like... <laughs> we're like into
1: it we're like we're making our way speaking of which we're heading back to Traverse Town because
0: Traverse Town 2 is still a Traverse and yeah
1: the search for uh Goofy's gold um we're heading back to Traverse Town because it turns out Donald and Goofy don't know how to put a god dang gummy on their gummy ship to go to a new world um, that yeah, they got is... navigational pieces when they when Sora locked the hearts of the worlds that we visited in the last episode. They got yeah. little navigational pieces, but they don't know what to do with them, so they decide to head back to Traverse Town so that Goof Troop can ask um, Leon and Aerith for advice.
0: Yeah, and their advice is we don't know. Well or at least they know who
1: uh to whom to go and they also yeah. give us uh
0: they teach us what keyholes are.
1: Yeah, which is good because like it does tell you why the, why the things you did before were important.
0: Yeah, now that you've done this um twice, I guess, cuz you wouldn't have been able to do Colosseum yet. Right. But, um now that you've done it twice, they're like This is a good thing that you accidentally stumbled into.
1: So just for the listener, in case they only have a foggy memory of Kingdom Hearts 1, the way it works is when Sora is able to find the keyhole, uh, a world's keyhole, that is the, uh, that is the keyhole to the heart of that world. The Heartless in all these worlds are trying to reach the heart of the world, so if Sora locks the keyhole, then the world is protected from being devoured by the Heartless, um, and... Uh, being uh, disappearing out of existence, as we've seen with other worlds. So
0: yeah, um, and for the most part, it makes sense. Um, like I, th- I always thought the the Wonderland location was pretty, pretty tongue and cheek good. Uh, they put it literally in the keyhole. But alternatively, yeah. looking back, I'm like that would have been pretty easy for the Heartless to just gobble that world right up, because it was just right there like that's where you fight the boss
1: (laughs) it is difficult to really feel the stakes in this game because it isn't really clear what is required for a heartless to devour a world because as you mentioned like the heartless were like around that (laughs) and it is obviously a keyhole so like you know it's weird (laughs) i think it's more just like It almost seems not symbolic in that it doesn't actually have an effect, but the way that the game plays out, it almost seems more like getting to the heart of the world isn't as simple as just jumping into the keyhole, but locking the heart of the world is as simple as just locking the keyhole. Um, I mean, that's just uh, speculation on my part, but that's the only way that really makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I guess we can just chalk it up to the keyblade being... Uh, particularly useful Uh, or the heartless not being particularly useful either way
1: or maybe here's a weird idea maybe the heart of the world only presents or maybe the keyhole to the heart of the world only presents it to you um, if you've sort of proven your worth because we certainly get that with Alice in Wonderland like he has to do good things before (laughs) that's true that's Uh... true so who knows? Who knows? So there's knows? that whole
0: in your theory. Um, alter- alternatively, yeah. in the lore of Kingdom Hearts, I do not want to give the worlds any sort of consciousness, because Kingdom Hearts will take that and run with it. And, <laughs> I mean, they have hearts which already. Is, yeah, it's like... already a bit much. But like, if somehow the world can decide about the heart and the like, that's. I, I'm afraid of what Kingdom Hearts it would, would be, be a little wacky. capable of. The Kingdom Hearts,
1: the Kingdom hearts Gaia hypothesis. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah. Leon and Aerith give you the spiel about how the hearts of the worlds work and then say, oh yeah, these uh, gummy pieces, we don't know how they work either, but we know who would. Um, and that's Sid, the um, recurring Final Fantasy well, not recurring character, but the recurring name from the Final Fantasy series. There's always a character named Sid in Final Old Fantasy. Sid Final Fantasy. Um, and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and Sid is often in Final Fantasy, associated with airships, so that's why you would go to Sid for this. Sid goes there, and he says he'd be willing to install the Navi-G piece. That's the gummy piece. Uh, if... You would be willing in turn to deliver a book, which turns out to be Winnie the Pooh storybook, to the old man in the weird house, which turns out, who turns out to be Merlin. Yeah, uh,
0: theater mode didn't really mention a lot of that, uh, which was interesting. I I remember that being why they go back to Traverse Town, but like theater mode has some sort of text on the screen recaps of the lengthier like. Cutscenes. Interesting. So like um Leon and Aerith explaining keyholes, that was all like summarizing a little paragraph for me. But then they're just suddenly in Merlin's house. Um and we get a pretty interesting cutscene in this house. Uh which uh so Sora again hallucinates? Hallucinates. Yeah,
1: I mean it might not even really be hallucination, right? Because she's well, like hanging out in his Yeah. Heart. Um, her heart is like hanging out in his, um, so mm-hmm. like
0: yeah, they're they're roommates right now, yeah. and her being
1: Kyrie, he he sees a some sort of vision of of Kyrie,
0: yeah. Um, which I was going to mention this sort of now that I've got this theory in my head of that's just I just need to think about that more often. A lot of this <laughs> game is less confusing because I used to be mm-hmm. like, man, this is just a lot of the weirdly connected things. But just thinking about the fact that Kyrie is there. Makes like yeah okay, maybe she would mention things to him, and maybe he would sort of perceive it, but not like obviously he's not gonna get it fully. Why and it he's does make sense hearing her or seeing her,
1: and it does then that would explain why he's the only one that ever sees her, as is the case here, where um, he's like oh Kyrie, and then Donald and Goofy are like what a weirdo he's talking to nothing. <laughs>
0: Uh, which this is the second time it's happened, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, or third. The first time was in...
0: Oh, the Yuffie thing? The
1: Yuffie confusion. Yeah. And then the second time was in Deep Jungle. Um. After that, Merlin walks into his house and sort of thinks he's a heartless... Sort of thinks Merlin is a heartless when he first sees him, which is, like...
0: He just fought Clayton. Give him some slack.
1: Sure, but, like...
0: (laughs) Because you saw a bad dude
1: who, like, merged with a heartless once, who kind of, who, like, looked like a cartoon human, like, to then just say, like, oh, yeah, all people that look weird, they're (laughs) probably the embodiment of the darkness in people's hearts, like... That is a leap.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, again, I didn't see any of this in the theater mode, but I vaguely remember Merlin showing up, tr- offering to train him on magic. It's pretty much optional. I think he... Does he tell you about the book now or just mention the pages missing?
1: missing? Uh, he sets the book on the table and then says, oh, that seems to be there pages missing or whatever. Um, and then you can opt to go inside it and do the poo stuff, which I didn't watch because I figured theater mode wouldn't have Winnie the Pooh right now.
0: No, um, it did the same. I'm assuming it does the same thing that Coliseum does where it's all in one chunk. Yeah. So I guess I'm not sure how we should handle that going forward. I guess we should figure it out before it happens. Maybe yeah, we, leave, figure that we, out. we could also leave it up to Jet Monkey HD, who is really our prophet in these times.
1: Yeah, but he he like played the first. I skipped over it, but he did play the first page because it's there. Okay, um, but I I skipped over it. Um, yeah,
0: so maybe either soon or later on, we just do a full um, like episode yeah. on those back to back. Yeah. Um, also, I th- um, I don't, is it? I think it's later that we meet the fairy godmother. No,
1: we do meet her right now. Um wait here's a weird thing before we get to that though um okay i had always forgotten that sora already knows magic when he meets merlin like he already knows like some magics like blizzard and fire which is weird i think Um, doesn't
0: like quote unquote donald give slash teach him isn't that the mythos of it or
1: yeah but then i think there's another instance where it's just like you beat a world, then it's like here's Blizzard. um Yeah, no, I I, once
0: once you learn the first spell, it's all it's all easy from yeah. there. Just like um, real life.
1: I get. I guess I just mentioned that because I had always thought it was like a chrono trigger like thing where you have to meet the magic tutor before you get magic. But I just remembered it wrong. Um, and then you're right that uh, we we see the fairy godmother right after this, um also hanging out in Merlin's house, and she says a thing that's difficult to square with future games and I'll just like sit we'll talk about it I suppose, in the next Ansom report, but because I don't want to spoil future games. but I will say that she describes, so you hand her the summoning stone because uh, uh, Leon gave you um, a, a stone and said, it's a weird thing, but it's cool, basically, and you don't know what it is. So you show it to the fairy godmother try and see if she knows, and she explains that it's a summoning stone and that those are remnants of, of strong-hearted creatures that are left over from uh, destroyed worlds worlds eaten by the heartless yeah which is weird considering well we'll say why it's weird later but whatever
0: i am i'm curious and i'm gonna contain it for the fact that we made these dumb rules (laughs) on uh spoilers um but yeah we we can go ahead and say who the summon is for this oh yeah yeah it's
1: uh it's simba
0: yeah it's a good boy good boy simba adult simba Right,
1: good man, Simba.
0: Good man, Simba. And for me, it just—we're just in third district now. Um, is there anything significant?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. After that, you basically just start heading back, and you end up in the third district where you see Riku. You can go ahead and describe that scene.
0: Uh, yeah. So Riku, who is canonically my son shows back up um <laughs> and i must have i must
1: have missed that uh that errata in one of the Anson reports that he's canonically your son
0: yeah it's uh it's confirmed that's actually i i spoiled the reveal at d23 i'm sorry everybody <laughs> um well this will go up after it <laughs> so it's fine uh i can't read my head my handwriting um on my notes on riku other than riku my boy uh <laughs> But, so, he does talk about it took him forever to find Sora, which is interesting. Uh, a lot of Riku's characterization is in this scene, uh, for me. He does yeah. ask, he he asks if, uh, or Sora asks, oh, is Kairi with you? And Riku's like, oh, I thought she was with you. And then I laughed hysterically at this scene, um, because <laughs> she is. Uh, spoilers. Um and then Riku has this real confident air about him. He's like, oh, well, I'll take care of it from here. Um, you know, I can handle everything. Because that's what he's used to, is sort of being the, uh, the reliable person in their group. And as Riku sort of looks away and is talking about how it'll all be fine now that Sora's with Riku, uh, I guess the Heartless conveniently pops up and Sora uh, just beats it with a giant oversized key. And... Um, Riku is like, oh, well, he, he has this keyblade, which I have to wonder if he's been told what the keyblade is at this point, um, since we do know he's hung out with, with Maleficent. And he... I, I really read this scene, really... Like, I really read into it watching it this All time. All right, hit me. Uh, I mean, it's not, like, some revelation so much as... Especially combining this with... He talks to Maleficent right after this. He We know that she's already met her, Oh, well, Um, before we get into that,
1: I just want to mention, once Sora kills the Heartless you know, demonstrates that he can fend for himself, uh, Riku's just gone. Yeah, no, he... He just fucking leaves. He's immediately,
0: Um, like, shuts down terrified. And Riku's, like, a deeply insecure kid. And that's where, like, a lot of his... I don't want to necessarily say, like um superiority sort of act comes from, but he he's always been in this position yeah. where, you know, he's you know, he's like the hardest thing you fight on Destiny Islands or whatever, and I you definitely get this feeling that Maleficent has talked him up. Like he's yeah. she has played him for exactly who he is and knowing that Sora has the keyblade sort of pits them against each other and Riku just shuts down when he realizes he's not as, I guess, needed as and then he thought he was.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can certainly see that reading, especially because.
0: It, it I'll actually, yeah, because
1: of what happens after, because of the conversation with Maleficent you're about to mention. But I also wanted to mention that like. <laughs> For someone who was looking for Riku in part this whole time, Sora seems to just really not care when he disappears.
0: Yeah, it's, and I mean, I can chalk that up to he knows Riku can take care of himself, and he's made it this far. Um, yeah, but like, it's still weird. It's
1: like you're if if you know you and your best friend were like you know, shot to another world and you found out there were talking ducks, like, you would want (laughs) to cling to the thing that reminds you of home in this place where, like, weird half-human-half-dog hybrids are carrying shields. Like, I think you would want to cling to some sense of familiarity, and yet Kasora's like, oh, Riku's gone now, I guess, now that I turned my head? He's probably fine, and I don't care too much to look for him. It is a strange conclusion. It
0: is a very strange conclusion, and I want to... I do want to mention before that happens, he does sort of, um, immediately offer, like, oh, Riku should come with us, um, we're going to all these other worlds, which is, I know exactly what you wanted, and at this point, Riku is already, like, processing, like, oh shit, I've been replaced both by Sora being now able to fend for himself, but also he sees Sora with these, with this talking duck and human-dog hybrid, which is terrifying both to look at and to realize, wow, I'm not even as good as those things, um, so, he deals with this, and that's probably why he just sort of, like, avoids the problem altogether, um, and it doesn't help that Donald Duck, the, the Duck Boy does say that Riku can't come with them. I forget the reasoning. Um, Goofy also refers to Sora as the Keyblade Master, which is um, a conversation for an answer report, but alternatively, I'm sure that doesn't set well with Riku's insecurity any better. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he kind of just jettisons away, and Sora's like, "Well, anyways, yeah, <laughs> back to stopping the worlds uh, from
1: disappearing." And then you see the conversation where Maleficent is sort of pitting Riku against Sora, saying, "Like, look, you know, your pal's already replaced you. He's got a bird mage now. I mean, <laughs> what else do you need? Um, you're you're disposable to him, so don't." even worry about this jerk Sora.
0: Jerk Sora. Uh, um, technically, right before that happens, Sid is also talking about Maleficent, sort of bringing her to the forefront right, of this narrative right. because this is the first time I think her name is mentioned, um, which maybe it's just my age and when I played this game, but I really didn't know who Maleficent was, so it made her this hmm. really interesting villain on the Disney side of things for me. Cause it felt as foreign as like Interesting. A, a Final Fantasy game would have been, uh, going into it. Um, uh, so that's, that was, this a particularly weird experience I had going into it. Um, uh, Sid also mentions that Maleficent can control the Heartless and use that to take over, um, their world, which is sort of this, uh, ragtag Final Fantasy world, um, basically equivalent to what Traverse Town is now, where people just sort of show up, I guess. It's my interpretation of it. At least at this point in the story. And Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sid also does mention that this world was once ruled by Ansem the Wise, um, who we know as the, the author of the Ansem Reports. Um, because, Which me, I don't think
1: we found any of at this point, I right?
0: I don't think so. I don't... I mean, I don't have it memorized when they show It'll, up. <laughs> um, <laughs> huh. You like the show. Um, yeah. Uh, s- uh, <laughs> it's like the name <laughs> of the accident. show that we're doing. That was, that um, was not on purpose. Um,
1: do, how do you... We should figure out how to handle those as well. Maybe we just talk about them in the next dance report. Uh,
0: we could, yeah. Um, you... I, I don't see when they show up because I'm just watching cutscenes. scenes. Uh, right. You... I mean you will see it if you're watching Jet Monkey HD very diligently. Um, <laughs> but as you said, like you, you skipped around, so um, it's hard to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. So yeah, then we get that Maleficent scene where uh she sort of pushes Riku more as like he, you've been replaced. Um, and uh, she, Her words, like, clearly contradict Sora's words and actions just a minute ago. Because, like, Sora did have intent to bring him along, and he was happy to see him. Um, It just sort of worked out weirdly. When you're... When you're a small child...
1: (laughs) Yeah, and even when you're just, like, mad at someone, it's more... It's... If you're getting two messages about someone... And you're already mad at them. And one message is basically... They suck. Maybe this person isn't that bad. And the other, as you mentioned, is they suck. The second one fits with your current mood. So that's probably going to be the one you listen to. Even if it's not coming from the horse's mouth. Yeah. So I can I can see that. Especially, as you mentioned, because he's a child.
0: Yeah, he's he's young. Um, And I, I read him as very, very insecure in this moment. Um... We've sort of seen him willing to do questionable things to, to get more powerful. As we saw that he was like super chill with getting consumed by the darkness. Uh, no guarantee that that would have not killed him. Uh, but I mean he's fine I guess. So, so he's going to run with it. And Maleficent also mentions that she can help him find what he's looking for. Um, which, I mean, we know at one point Sora was included in that to-do list, but now we can probably jump to it's, uh, just Kyrie and or just being more powerful. Uh, and... So
1: I can't remember, at this point in the... Storyline to th- where, where is Kyrie's body at this point?
0: I don't know. It's... I know we don't see it for a while, um, and I think for the most part it's safe to say that someone either riku or someone else on Maleficent's side of things is the one who finds it
1: um i'm gonna see if i can look it up
0: yeah i guess
1: it just says riku yeah i, I guess the game isn't clear of when riku finds her body so you could read that comment from maleficent in two ways you could either read it as it'll help for riku to find it'll help riku to find kairi's body or um tailing sora will help riku reunite kairi's body with Kyrie's heart i guess
0: that raises a question for me that i am curious of how much does maleficent know because that's a good point yeah because if Maleficent hypothetically... Um, there's uh, a reason this could be plausible. Let's pretend Kyrie's body shows up on Hollow Bastion where Maleficent's just chilling. And she finds this body. Um, and let's hypothesize she knows Kyrie's importance in her plan that she has. Um, it would make sense to sort of search for that missing part of her. Uh, I don't think... I don't even remember how Sora finds out that he's uh, a storage container for Hearts.
1: Yeah, I think we... I mean, we get to that later. But, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Cause yeah, does, probably she does, wouldn't know.
0: How much would Maleficent know? Um, because it's not like this is a...
1: I mean, this is a thing that, that happens in the Kingdom Hearts canon, but it's not a thing that I is really ever portrayed as... You know, it's not portrayed that having another person's heart in your body is like a common thing, even though it happens to our protagonist. It's certainly talked about as if it's um, he sort it of the exception that proves the rule.
0: Yeah, he ba- he is like the exception, um, and because of that, he ends up creating like 500 other exceptions to other rules. Yeah. Um. Beyond the fact that his whole place in Kingdom Hearts One is a accident.
1: Right. Yeah. Which we talked about in the Ansem report.
0: Yeah. So I won't, I won't go into it beyond. We've talked a lot about him sort of stumbling through and, um, into situations, but there's, there's a lot to read into with this Maleficent conversation because her framing it as, um, what you're looking for, what's going to help you, which I'm sure at least part of it, she knows it's going to benefit her. Um, I would wager she at least knows Kyrie's relevance, and that's who he's looking for. Even if maybe she doesn't know where her body is, or um, that her heart isn't sore, or is anything like that. Um, I, I would wager she knows um, just that she needs her uh, yeah, for her in-game yeah. plan. Um, I wonder. It's kind. Of, it's, it's like way ahead of us, and but also like it's completely within this game. I wonder how much of what happens with Riku is in her plans.
1: I would imagine like a lot of it, given that you know he, he appears in Hollow Bastion, and then from then on she's manipulating him. Like mm-hmm. I feel like if you're manipulating someone, you're you're doing it because you you think you're aware of of how that chess piece is going to operate when it's manipulated, you know?
0: Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, because he just sort of short out of nowhere. She, she, like, she wasn't scouting him at, like, a baseball game or no shit, but he, I'm sure she finds that he does have some potential somehow and sort of pits him into this little game that she's running. But I wonder, um, just with... Just with how things end up going with, uh, let's say, Riku and Maleficent's final interaction in this game, um, judging the atmosphere of that scene and some of the scenes that before it and that follow it, I, I question how much of it was actually in her planner and how much of it yeah, she sure. fell into. I'm kind of just rambling with the whole Maleficent-Riku conversation because we... Um, are basically done with Traverse Town, but
1: yeah, we got a few more things. We we I go ring a bell. Um, Goof Troop uh, is told that the what is it? The there's a light on top of the Gizmo Factory
0: It's uh, turned on
1: that's not usually there or something like that. Um, some.
0: Yeah, I don't know about the gizmo factory light, but I know that's where the bell is on top of it. Yeah,
1: something tips uh, tips the Final Fantasy denizens of this world off that the gizmo factory is doing something strange. And then Goof Troop go investigate it. And then if you ring the bell three times, it causes um, a mural in a fountain in the first district to... Uh, sort of turn around, revealing the keyhole to the heart of the world of Traverse Town. Um, So you go and attempt to do that, and then, oh no, it's the same boss as before. Uh,
0: Yeah, and then they beat it up, and then it does... uh,
1: But this time, it's a little floaty.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because it sort of swaps the the hands and the feet, and then yeah,
1: it is clever. It goes it yeah. you know, because it's like a a little Rayman esque in that it doesn't have arms or legs, just hands and feet. So it sort of swaps them and becomes a
0: mm-hmm.
1: a little silly.
0: Yeah, and the the, the face kind of changes, but the way it floats around and the way it sort of like the the limbs will spin around, it doesn't feel like any different yeah from a, from a gameplay perspective so there's the boss um are they, we to assume they...
1: that it's the it can't be the same heartless right because sora beat the heart out of the last technically
0: one. based on the lore of this game it cannot be the same heartless yeah um
1: well, we don't see that type of heartless again do we um, maybe in, like, a Coliseum yeah, battle or there, something. Yeah, there's
0: some Coliseum stuff, which, interestingly enough, the ones in the Coliseum go back to the original color scheme. Yeah. Um, I th- Maybe that's why they changed it so the bosses aren't just—it doesn't go—maybe the- they saw Dark Souls and they were like, no, we don't want to look like that. So they decided <laughs> to make the actual bosses a bit different than the, the mob bosses you can fight later. So, yeah, they seal the keyhole after beating the boss um and then Sid upgrades the ship, and um the game becomes a lot more fun after this, yeah, yeah both both uh, in aspects of the world from here are way better, but also the gummy ship warp is like essential to yes. yeah, to travers town being the hub world,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you don't have to shoot some asteroids every time you want to just like go to the synthesis shop.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, after beating Deep Jungle, you have to go back to Traverse Town, and it's like, I gotta do two gummy ship missions to do that shit. They were fun the first yeah. time.
1: <laughs> I I said this before. I kinda like the gummy ship. I don't like when it forces you to do it in instances like that. Yeah. But I like in the first time, I super like the gummy ship in Kingdom Hearts 2. I think oh, that'll be a game. Yeah. Minigame is good it's a good Um, one um
0: there's there's a new
1: uh coliseum tournament yes which you know you go you beat some stuff up and you get the and you win the phil cup
0: yeah you fill that cup you i don't even know why that's gross but for some (laughs) reason it is because um the character phil um, evokes that reaction
1: yeah he's kind of a, a a grossman he's he's a grossman
0: um Yeah, I think that about covers uh, Traverse Town Part 2, Electric, Boogaloo. Um, Let's plug some things. I had this idea where we plug each other's podcasts, but I know for a fact you've never listened to mine. (laughs) I know, I have, I mean, I don't watch uh, One Piece. Exactly, yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, I'm not saying it like accusatory <laughs> so much as I'm like, you have no reason to listen to my podcast as much as I would love for you to get into one piece and, and use my, my show as a companion um, my show that I'm, I guess I'm going to just swing into this plug that it's, it's called we are watching one piece. It's where my friend Jory and I talk about the anime one piece um, arc by arc. We just did the Jaya arc, which will be like th- probably three weeks old by the time this episode goes up. Um, and that's, that's my plug uh what what do you plug in this week
1: i think the only show that i haven't given an exclusive plug to is it's super effective um which isn't a show i like produce or make but it's a show i am on for which i am a co-host on most episodes it's a pokemon podcast so uh, it's a it's a sort of pokemon fans generalist podcast you know so it we talk about the games, and we talk about Pokemon Go, and we talk about uh, the anime if something important happens. We'll occasionally talk about the trading card game, so we, we try to talk about sort of all aspects of Pokemon, which right now is stuff like Magikarp Jump to date when we're recording uh, this episode that came out not too long ago. Um, so yeah, it's super effective. It's a good show. Cool. oh and i'm on twitter at twitter.com slash the travis w
0: oh yeah i also have a twitter uh ghost of joe just just jo ghost of J O, that's me
1: and that's travers town again
0: got, got it. it memorized,
1: memorized. We were